Live on the Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to everything you need to know about music, where I, Jason, today am going to do a quick podcast on a vocab word that is used in the music industry to describe the feel of the beat, and that is called the pocket. The pocket. What does that mean? The pocket is essentially the way that the drums and bass and any or other elements make you feel when you're listening to the song. And we're going to talk a lot about what it means to be in rhythm, in the groove, and in the pocket. So let's talk about drums first a little bit because that's usually or traditionally the way that most songs create a tempo. And the beat that is created has a timing to it. But today, we're only going to talk about 4-4 time. And what that means is 4 beats per measure. 1, 2, 3, 4. And then we go to the next measure. 1, 2, 3, 4. And if you see that on a music sheet, you will see it kind of in a box, a rectangular box, where there'll be 4 beats, and then there'll be a new box. 4 beats, new box, 4 beats. And what that really means is that there are 4 beats in that bar, And the drummer traditionally is going to be playing usually the bass drum, that big circular drum that's on the floor, on either beats one and three. And then usually the snare drum, which is the drum that's usually, usually, and you can put it anywhere, but it's usually off to the left of the drummer, and it's usually struck on beats two and four. So one and three, two and four. And that kind of a beat, that four, four time, or four on the floor, they call it, is the most common strong backbeat. So uh, there's a couple of things to, to recognize before we go any further. And that is on the beat, you can be, when you play the drums, you can only be in three positions, meaning you can be one, right on the beat, two, You can be behind the beat, or three, you can be ahead of the beat. Now, what that means is, let's say you're right on the beat. Let me play for you from a computer what it sounds to be perfect on beats one, two, three, and four. What I'm going to do is I'm going to play in 100 beats per minute, so just a standard 100 BPM, four, four time, and it sounds like this. Now that... Higher click is beat one, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. That is literally computerized perfect four, four time at 100 beats per minute. That means if we were to let this go a minute and count all these beats, there would be a hundred of them. Now, what I said, you can be right on the beat. The drummer could be right on the beat or... They could be slightly behind the beat. Now, what that means is instead of playing right at the spot where it would be perfect, maybe you wait a little bit. Maybe you just delay it slightly. So you're a little bit behind where you should be, meaning you're a little after you've played it a little too long. And then maybe you catch up later on the one, meaning on that first beat right there. So if you're ahead of it, it means you came in sooner than you were supposed to. And the reason why this is important is because it does create a feel. It creates a bit of a anticipation because our bodies know what perfect 4-4 time should sound like and feel like. But if we don't get it, we say, ooh, that was a little off or that was a little different. Why? And so let me play for you 
what it sounds like in a quantized, meaning a computer-generated perfect sound on the one, two, three, four, what a song would sound like. So here's a very simple example. All right, listen. That is perfect on the beat of the song. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. That is perfectly quantized, perfectly computerized. Now, let me give you a bit of an example of the second place that you could be, which would mean that the drummer is not playing straight, not playing on a quantized drum rhythm. He or she is playing at a bit laid back. The second spot, a bit of where the backbeat pulls away from where the drummer is supposed to be to make it sound a little delayed. So let me give you a couple examples of that. We'll start with a song that we have played a few times on this podcast, and that is James Brown's Cold Sweat, and that is done by drummer Clyde Stubfield, who is absolutely a master of the pocket. He has a deep pocket, and that expression, deep pocket, means he almost waits so long that you feel like he's going to be not even on time, but for some way, he gets it right where he's supposed to be, but late. So listen to this. Got to listen for where that drum is supposed to hit, and you can feel it's a little back behind the beat. And what it does is it almost makes you, when you're bopping your head, like kind of come back faster than you're supposed to. Like, uh, like you kind of feel where that backbeat uh, is supposed to hit, and it creates a groove. And that's how funk really is created. The deeper the pocket, the funkier the beat. Here's another example. We'll go to a totally different genre so you can really hear that it's not just funk that has it. Here is ACDC's Back in Black. Three, four, one, two. Now listen to the beat. This is Phil Rudd, by the way, on drums. It's not one, two, three, four. It's right there it is. Oh, little delayed. And you have you can feel that it, it makes that groove a little bit deeper, a little bit more rich. Now I won't do it here, but if we were to find out the BPM of this particular song and lay an exact computerized 4-4 beat on top of it, you would see that he is off. He is not on time. But it's because of that that creates more of a human element, a more of a richer rhythm that's more funky. And that's the pocket. One more, and I have to do this because he's an absolute masterful drummer and probably the best drummer to ever do it in the rock business. Here's John Bonham from Led Zeppelin. This is Cashmere. Just 
slow, it's relaxed, it's just slightly behind. Nice, relaxed, laid back, but still strong, and it creates that, that rich pocket. So let's go to the third place that you can be, because we know you can be right on the beat. You can be slightly delayed to create that pocket, to create that funk. But what about if you're ahead? What if the drummer is playing with this almost like sense of urgency where there's like the musicians have to like almost kind of keep up with the drummer because the drummer is so not fast, not just playing fast, but playing in a rushed, almost ahead of the beat sound. What does that sound like? So let me give you a couple of examples. First one I got to give you is from Stuart Copeland from The Police. If there's any drummer who uh, personifies the idea of playing ahead of the beat with this sense of seriousness and urgency, it's him. So let me just give you a couple of examples of him. Here's another one. Listen to that drive. Listen to how quick he is moving the pace. This is Spirits in a Material World. Let me give you another example. This is the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Here is Soul to Squeeze. Setting up the pace, setting up where it's supposed to be. Here comes the drums. Now every third snare is ahead of where it's supposed to be. Listen. Right there. It creates a bit of a feel that you can't get with perfect quantized 4-4 beat. That is the pocket. That is where the rhythm lies. So let's talk a little bit about specifically what the pocket means and what it represents because it's not just the drums. So the groove is created by three different elements. And, in, and the way that I like to look at it is almost like a triangle, and on each side of the triangle, you have an important component of what creates the rhythm and the drive of a song. 
The bottom one I always look to as the drums because that is the most important. The second one is the bass because the bass and drums create the backbeat and the rhythm. And then the third piece of the triangle would be anything else that creates some sort of percussionary sound, whether it's banging on stuff or shaking things or whatever it is, that, that's that third wild card kind of element. So those three components of the triangle create the pocket. And I want you to picture a ball that's inside of that triangle. And you're trying to keep the ball always in the middle of where the sound is, of where the song is going. So sometimes it bounces off the bass and the bass kicks it back in. Sometimes it's the drums and the snare kicks it back in. Maybe the bass drum kicks it back in, or maybe it's something else. Maybe it's just a a, a clove or cymbals or sticks or something that's just banging that creates even a, a guitar stroke, that rhythm guitar for example, that could kick the ball back into the middle. And it's always bouncing around this triangle, creating the rhythm. Now, the farther that the ball moves to one side or the other, up, down, left, or right, let's say, the deeper the pocket. If it was perfectly quantized, everything would keep the ball right in the middle where it's supposed to be. But if it moves because it's a bit of a delay or it's a bit ahead of where it's supposed to be, it kicks the ball over to another side or another component before it can move it back into the center. So that is what I look at as the pocket. And the more in my head that I feel like this ball is moving before it gets kicked back into the middle, that is the deeper the pocket. So when I look at the polices, for example, um, every breath you take. Now, that rhythm guitar establishes the groove. Now, the drum is still there. So it's not always the drums and bass. Every breath you take. For example, if you were to look at Motown, you would see that James Jamerson's bass, whether he's playing on the temps or the tops or the Supremes or you know, for Marvin, he his bass is not only a bass, but it's also percussive and it is kicking the ball back in. And so his grooves can sometimes create a very deep pocket as well. I'll give you an example of that. This is what's going on. 1971. Listen to the bass. Boom, boom, boom. Listen to the delay and how much space he leaves. Mother, mother, there's too many of you crying. Brother, 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 there's far too many of you dying. You know we... In fact, so that you can really hear it, listen to this. Here's just Jamerson's bass line. See how much space? So when you put it back into the track... creates the pocket that creates the groove so it's not just the drums it's all the elements together now in my opinion this cannot be made with a computer so nowadays with new songs it's pretty much done by computer 
and it's quantized, meaning it's literally perfect on the beat. But what happens is you now have this lack of human element. There are some songs that you will find from the 50s, 60s, 70s before technology had the ability to make everything perfect on the one, meaning on the beat, that it almost sometimes the song would speed up a little bit or slow down a little bit. In fact, in some of the slower, uh, more uh, melancholy or or heartfelt ballads, you would see them slow down and in a part that was even more just to emphasize some of the the richness of the lyrics. Can't really do that now because computers are taking over and making everything perfect. So there's a big difference between human perfect and computer perfect. Computers actually now have some built-in uh, leeway that you can use on a on a, a filter where you can have it randomly move the beat milliseconds off to create this humanistic natural feel to create what a human used to do and it tries to do it randomly so it's not always on the same delay or same ahead it, it kind of staggers it to create a human feel but I, I feel like you just can't do it because sometimes especially when there's a bunch of musicians playing in the same room they're acting together there's a feel to it. And I think that that's the biggest thing about the pocket is it's all about the feel. It's not about where the uh, notes come in. It's about when the notes are supposed to be there based on the groove and the feel of the song. Here's a song that you might not know, but you really should. And it has one of, in my opinion, the deepest pockets imaginable. This is called the sissy strut by the meters. Check this out. Uh, now, is it even a bit of a swing kind of a feel to it? It's totally behind the beat and it creates this really, really interesting deep, deep, deep pocket. You got the bass, the guitar, and the drums all creating this, like, again, this triangle of rhythm. Listen to this right here. Focus on that kit and the drums. Let me do a couple of more. That pocket's created, obviously, by those three elements. Um, Chad Smith from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, like we played before, on Soul to Squeeze and Flea with his bass create an amazing, an amazing triangle. Here's what Flea had to say about the pocket. He says, but to me, playing in the pocket is more of a transitional state that occurs when several musicians during a song or performance begin to communicate musically on a higher plane. Their timing is impeccable, and all contributions made by the musicians take the music to a special place, seldom achieved on most albums or during live performances. So I think it's more of a place that you feel when everyone is just in tune with each other, and that's what the music's feel is, not what the music's timing is. So here's an example. Let me give you a couple of drummers that do this excellently and I think really create either a deep pocket or a groove or have a specific style so you can give a give you kind of an idea. 
The first one I want to go to is Steve Gadd. Steve Gadd is an absolute titan in the drumming world, and he has been so influential with jazz as well as pop. And he let me give you a couple of songs. He's played with so many legendary musicians. I want to give you two that he's done with Paul Simon. Check this one out. This is 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover. Listen to this. Now, this is a tight, tight pocket. Listen to all that's going on. Listen to the little chimes kicking right there, 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 there. That is such a cool beat. The problem is all inside your head, she said to me. Here's another one that he did with Paul Simon. This is Late in the Evening. Listen to the sticks on this one. Again, super tight pocket. It's not drawn out. It's not soulful and relaxed. It's right in front. Moving, moving, moving. Creates such a cool rhythm. Because it could have been regular drums. It could have been just kind of, you know, kick, snare, kick, snare. But listen. First thing I remember, I was lying in my bed. Couldn't have been no more than one or two. Now, so I have given you two really ultra tight pocket Steve Gads, but let me give you an example of how versatile he is. This is so laid back. This is. An interesting song that you may not know, but is such a great tune because of him. This is Chuck E's In Love by Ricky Lee Jones. So laid back. Now, it's not just slow. It's behind the beat. Uh, back. Way back. If you're not swaying deeply back and forth or moving your head, like, you're not feeling it. Now, if I was to count over it, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, you would see that his drums are behind me. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. He's not on my beat. Another titan of drums is Bernard Purdy, also known as Bernard Pretty Purdy, who is famous, yet a, dare I say infamous, for the Purdy Shuffle, which is an unmistakable groove that has been in so many songs. I'm going to play a couple for you here. It creates a deep, deep pocket, but it also has this like swing to it, this like swing time. And so it is just awesome. Let me give you a couple of them. So you can see what they uh, actually sound like. You're going to recognize it right away. This is Steely Dan, Home at Last.
for me, though, the most famous example of the Purdy Shuffle has to be this that everyone knows, and that is Rosanna Toto. Listen to those triplets. Now, this isn't Bernard Purdy playing on this. This is actually Jeff Beccaro. Toto's phenomenal drummer. Rosanna, Rosanna. Never thought that a girl like you could ever care for me. And Jeff Picaro is an absolute masterful drummer as well. His his ability to maintain like a deep, deep, deep pocket, regardless of the type of stuff that Toto's playing, whether it's this or Africa or whatever, just makes him just an incredible, an incredible uh, drummer. The other one I want to go to is I got to go back to this guy because he's an absolute legend. I've got to play a couple of songs by Clyde Stubfield. Now, James Brown had two drummers. A lot of people don't know that. And he would literally change them in the middle of shows based on the song that he was playing at the time. So Clyde would come out when he needed something that was super funky. And I mean so funky that it was like, why is he so late? Why is everything so delayed? And that is how funk was really created. So we played Cold Sweat. The next one I want to play is, of course, Funky Drummer. Incredible. I got to play this one too, though. Listen to this. This is give it up or turn it loose. Now, there's still a a rapid pace on this, but listen to his drums specifically because they are way back. quicker songs he's still behind and creates that pocket next one i want to go to is i want to give a little bit of attention to some newer drummers because everyone we've played so far has been either 60s 70s or 80s so i want to show you what some newer drummers today can do this is quest love from the roots and i'm gonna play a song called you got me And what Questlove is really known for is not only his deep pocket and his soul and his funk, but also where he puts each each of the beats. They're not where they're supposed to be, either rushed or delayed. They're almost doubled up sometimes, not there at all, or too quick, too slow on purpose, but always meeting on the one to create a perfect timing song. So even when you feel like he might be a little off, he's not. He's right on. Check this out. See if you can focus on just his drums. Well, 
Now I'm going to stop it there and I'm going to go back and I'm going to do that same thing again. Now I want you to count it in your head, the one, two, three, four, and I'll start you off so that you can hear it. But I want you to do this so that you can see where his bass drum is and isn't. And sometimes it's two instead of one and sometimes it's one instead of two. So it's not always the same. Now, if you listen to this on your own, you probably wouldn't pick it up unless you were really listening to it. And that's what makes Questlove so interesting is that it's there but it isn't there. It's just subtle. Three, four, one. Three, four. Four. See how they're off? And he creates this groove. It's the, the, the pulse of the songs, how the song breathes. And that's really what a drummer a bass player, and other percussive elements do, and they create this pocket. The last thing I want to say about the pocket is a quote from Questlove who says, the phrase the pocket is used to describe something or someone playing in such a way that the groove is very solid and has a great feel. When the drummer keeps good time, makes the groove feel really good, and maintains it for an extended period of time while never wavering. That is also referred to as the deep pocket. And I think that these drummers that we've mentioned here tonight and so many others create a feel, create a groove that is not perfectly computerized, perfectly quantized. They create a humanistic element. And it's because of that humanistic element with all the other members and all the other musicians of the band that contribute to it that makes something have life and have soul, hence soul music. There's some feel to it that is created and that is done by creating the pocket. So with that, I will say thank you so much for listening. I'm going to take you out on a song that I think has an extremely deep pocket. See if you can recognize it. This is the Dewey Brothers and Keith Knudsen on drums with What a Fool Believes. And with that, we will say thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time.